Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free conair is spreading love and celebrating women not just on international women's day but every day with conair girl bomb girl bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us yeah whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. (laughs) And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching Schindler's List. The list is life. Number eight on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this film. Trigger warning, this movie is about the Holocaust, so expect a lot of discussion about racist violence and very intense anti-Semitism. Hey, girl. (laughs) How you doing? Uh, I am, I'm just going to start off with a little thing for all our listeners, because I know you guys are out there, you're listening, you're like, oh no, this is a comedy podcast. And (laughs) now they're talking about a movie that's actually very profound and about a very intense, horrific event in history. We are going to be respectful about this. We're not going to be flippant about the subject matter, but there is a lot to talk about to prepare you for this film. If you're thinking about seeing it. Liana is giving this the weakest thumbs up. Weakest thumbs up. That's exactly how I was going to phrase it. This movie is undeniably hard to watch. So Mm -hmm. your two friendly neighborhood idiots are here to help prepare you, guide you through, and give our take objectively on Mm -hmm. uh, this very intense piece of cinema. Cinema. Well, Sienna, should we start out with what uh, we thought this film was going to be about? Indeed. Hey, Liana. It's Sienna. I am about to watch Schindler's List. I know it's about the Holocaust. I don't actually know more than that. Oh, well, like Schindler, okay, I learned about him in school, but I really, really actually don't remember what the list is. I know that he can save a a number of Jews from concentration camps. But um, actually, I guess I do know about it. Hey, all right, that's what I predict. Uh, Gonna be sad. Let's go. Gonna be sad. First and foremost, I would like to um, apologize for how happy I sounded in that whole prediction. (laughs) All right, I've got mine pulled up. Hi, Sienna. It's your podcast partner, Liana. Um, I'm about to watch Schindler's List, and I think it's about the Holocaust. I think it's in black and white. I know it's very long. Um, 
a list. So I am assuming maybe there's a list of people they have to save, try to help in some way. It might be one of those um, Hooray America films, which are always tough. And other than that, I just have a feeling it's going to be a, a bit of a downer of a Sunday for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, love you. Bye. Yep. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Not much America in there, actually. <laughs> I love when America is not involved. Sienna, are you are you in a, in a sort of headspace where you can give us a summary of this movie? I am in the headspace for that. Okay. And I, I will follow up with some historical context. So I'm right there with you. Okay, good. Yes. So the summary, as I understood it, this movie, Schindler's List, it depicts the Holocaust. And it doesn't just show the concentration camp side of the Holocaust. It's the whole process of getting to the concentration camps. So we see as the Jewish population loses more and more rights that eventually faces extreme violence and dehumanization at the hands of the German government during World War II. Oskar Schindler is a Nazi businessman who I, who I guess takes advantage of this sort of wartime economy moment where there's a this whole war workforce. Profiteer. Oh, that's what he is. So there's this whole workforce who's losing rights and the German economy is all geared towards the war. And he makes a factory that makes soup pots. And then I Mm -hmm. guess later some weapons. And he brings in a bunch of Jewish employees through some loophole or something. At first he does it for profit. And then as the Holocaust goes on, he sees all this horrible mistreatment, blah, blah, blah. Then he eventually protects his employees for more altruistic reasons, I suppose, and ends up saving his employees from being murdered at Auschwitz. Yeah. The end. Yep. That's, that's the film. And just to launch right into this historical context section, very much a true story, um, which I actually didn't know about Oscar Schindler at all before watching this. And uh, while watching, I was like, oh my God, is this a real dude? <laughs> Lo and behold, he twas. So this film takes place during the Holocaust. It starts in roughly 1939, which is also when the German army occupied Poland. They set this movie in Krakow and uh, that's where the ghetto was established um, for Jews that they were forced to leave their homes and move into. That was established in March of 1941. And then in March of 1943, which we see in the film, is when they liquidated the ghetto, which meant that they cleared the Jewish residents completely out of it and transferred them to Plazau. And I'm very sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, um, which was a labor and then later concentration camp. The liquidation of the ghetto was like extremely violent, very, very horrific. You see it in the film, and that's what happened in real life as well. The Plazau concentration camp itself was established in 1942. Um, thousands of people were killed there, mostly by shooting, and eventually it was liberated by the Soviet army. But as the Soviet army approached from the east in 1944, the SS transferred prisoners from that concentration camp to other ones in Germany and Austria, including Auschwitz. The Soviets started liberating camps as they moved westward in the summer of 1944 and continued to do so through May of 1945. And finally, the final section here is about Oskar Schindler, the titular boy. He was born in 1908 in Moravia, which was the then province of Austro-Hungarian monarchy. He held Czechoslovak citizenship after Moravia incorporated into Czechoslovakia in 1918, moved to Krakow in October of 1939 following the German invasion of Poland. He bought this Jewish-owned enamel factory in Krakow and renamed it Deutsche Emalwarenfabrik, Oskar Schindler, and employed Jewish workers, as Sienna mentioned, um, and they lived in the nearby Krakow ghetto. And then after its liquidation, the concentration camp Plazau. Schindler used bribes to ensure that the SS didn't deport his workers to other concentration or killing camps. And in October of 1944, which you see in the film, he moved this plant from Krakow to Brunlitz, which is in his hometown of Moravia, and he reopened it as an armaments factory specifically. And there was this list, or a few versions of a list that was called Schindler's List, of 1,200 Jewish prisoners that were needed to work in the new factory. And all of them were kept from being deported to other concentration camps or were brought from other concentration camps to work in this factory, which was considered really a haven of nonviolence and non-killing. 
Schindler left that factory only on May 9th, 1945, after the Soviet soldiers had liberated the camp. He is credited with saving as many as 1,200 Jews during the Holocaust. He actually died in relative obscurity in 1974. Um, His marriage (laughs) fell apart and he had like a few failed businesses after the war. And nobody really knew about him until Thomas Keneally wrote a book in 1982 called Schindler's Ark, which was called Schindler's List in the U.S. release. And then Spielberg made this 1993 movie based off that book of the same title. And just want to end this with the quote that they say at the end of the film uh, when they give Oscar Schindler, when the Jews who worked in his factory give him a ring that has an engraving from the Talmud on it that says, whoever saves one life saves the world entire. Wow, we... Wow, wow, wow. It is really an amazing story. An incredible story. Yeah. Um, I just first got to know the context in which you watched this movie. Because it matters, man. (laughs) Y'all, this was the worst weekend I've had in a while. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday, um, a man hurt my feelings. (laughs) Oh, boo. Boo. Very much. Um, And then on Sunday, I had to watch the entirety of Schindler's List (laughs) alone on my bed because I don't have a TV or a couch because I just moved. So that's that was my context. I was approaching it with a real already internal sadness and and darkness, if you will. Mm -hmm. My laptop was turned at like a 45 degree angle away from me and I was turned away from it. And for much of the film, I was watching it with one eye closed. (laughs) taking because of the, the violence? Because of all the violence. I was really nauseous the whole time. My hands were shaking by the end of the film and I was curled up in a little ball. um, And I have a little plush seal stuffed animal that I was hugging by the end. I also texted a friend and I was like, are you near my neighborhood? Because I need a hug. And she wasn't. No, no. I still still have not gotten a hug since watching this movie. Oh, I wish I could say that I'll, I'll give you one, but I can't do that. Not too far. You know, eventually. Someday. That was my experience. How about you? I watched it in two parts because it is three hours long. The first half I watched with a boy on a date. (laughs) It just happened. It was like, oh, maybe we can get food. No, what? It just (laughs) happened? Oh, no, we just ended up watching Schindler's List. Well, I had to watch it. I'm like, I really need to start watching this at some point. And I'm busy tomorrow, so like I, I need to figure out when I'm going to watch all of it. And so maybe I'll watch it tonight. And he's oh like, God. sure, sure. Your podcast, wait, cool. Wait, and oh I tried God. to tell him. I tried so hard to express the fact that it wasn't going to be like a cute, kind of like sad date movie. Like it's not The Notebook. You know what I mean? Yes. I've seen the Seinfeld episode about making out in Schindler's List. You can't make out in Schindler's List. I don't know what you're talking about, but I agree. You can't make out in Schindler's List. Oh. If you know, you know. Could you imagine, like, in 1993, taking a first date to go see a movie and you pick Schindler's List? My mom and dad have a story about this where they got a huge tub of popcorn to go see it and they just didn't touch it the entire time. Yeah. And then the second half, on Saturday, I went to a party. Okay, social brag. (laughs) Social brag. First one since all of quarantine, whatever, whatever. Anyway, had alcohol. I'm I'm 24. It's allowed. I'm 24. But the next day, oh my lord, I was so hungover. I'm very embarrassed about this. I do not do lots of drinking or getting hungover, but I was that, and that was another context in which I watched this film. <laughs> oh my! But God. boy, did it feel shameful to be watching Schindler's List with a hangover. I think we watched this film in three of the worst sort of like emotional situations we could <laughs> <Yes>. have. <laughs> Well, now that we've done all that, shall we dive into our phone notes? Let us dive. I, um, I mean, you know what? I'll start with a, a hot take that I had at the beginning before everything really went to shit, um, which I thought I would look really good in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like this was a good time period for you? Let me, let me contextualize. I need, okay. This was the scene early, early in the film when they're in sort of like a party room. And it's when Schindler first gets introduced and he's like bribing people and he's looking around. And there's Mm -hmm. women in 1940s like hair and dress. And that is the scene in which I think I really... Because I very much, if you do my hair in the right way, I look like I'm from the past. (laughs) Yeah. So sort of you're talking about like the Nazi party? Like the party with all the Nazis? (laughs) This is the one? Yeah. (laughs) 
you would fit into that time period for sure. Oh, okay. Um, the time period. I have to tell you, my orthodontist once described me as exceptionally complicit. And I was like, don't Let's say that. that. <laughs> Damn. Because is- I was doing a really good job of wearing my retainer. But I was yeah, like, yeah. why would what? you use those words? <laughs> why not responsible? <laughs> Dang. I do want to clarify for our listeners. Really, the first like 20 minutes of this movie is not yet disturbing. No, it's very much setting up Schindler's fancy life and that he's a businessman and that he's doing deals with like officers, Nazi officers. So you see the glamorousness of his life before they contrast it with the ghetto and then the the camps. Right. Which is effective. It is an effective Mm -hmm. kind of surprise tone shift. I I remember I texted you at like minute 25 and I was like, please just tell me. Does it get violent? Oh yeah, I was in a I was in a hangover recovery nap at that point, and I woke up just for a second and saw that, and I, I replied to you very, and then went back to sleep. You gave no comfort. <laughs> I, I fell immediately back asleep. I don't know how I woke up. <laughs> Did you cry at any point in this film? No, this is a question I had. No, that's a great question. I actually didn't cry at any point this weekend, which I really think I would have. Except I'm on Zoloft, baby. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so. It, I mean, that medicine was doing its job and it was working hard to get me through this movie. Um, I could see how you could cry. I I have thoughts about that, about the way that this film is effective and how it's different than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. I, I thought it was going to be depressing and sad, but more than that, it was gut-wrenching and disturbing. Yeah. I found myself gasping more than wanting to cry. I really think it's a horror film. Yeah, it does play like a horror film. It it is very viscerally upsetting. Yeah. And it's exacerbated so much by the fact that this all happened. Yes. And I also think the experience was made even harder by just knowing the history and knowing like, oh shit, it's only 1939. Like I know what's going to come next. Right. You see many times characters in the film saying like, it can't get worse than this. And that's when they're just moving into the ghetto in Krakow. And you're like... It's uh, it's going to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, how did you do, because I was worried for you throughout the film with all the on-screen text. The reading? It was not great for me. It mm-hmm. did not do great. They do do... Mm. <laughs> I'm so sorry for saying doo-doo in a <laughs> podcast about Schindler's List. Um, the film does have quite a bit of text kind of explaining the historical moment and that just glided right past my eyes. I paused it a couple times and read it, but... No, that was like pivotal context. Like you needed that. The thing is, for those of us who can't ever take in the context is like, you don't even consider that to be context. Like if I'm never used to reading it, I don't even expect that I'm going to get any information. So a lot of the film for me is me trying to piece together what's going on. Did they give you fun facts along the sidebar while you were watching? The Amazon Prime pause button kept showing me the actors and stuff and blocking the text. So I couldn't read it. Okay, <laughs> they would do that. For me, they were also giving little like, quote unquote, fun facts about the film. Was it about the war? <laughs> they had a whole section called Goofs, which was about <gasps> continuity <laughs> errors in Schindler's List. And I was like, I don't think we read the room when we were making this <laughs> segment title. <laughs> Trivia. <laughs> Who is watching Schindler's List? Like, mm, I hope there's a blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the Goofs. <laughs> Feeling awkward about us reviewing Schindler's List on our comedy podcast? Well, lucky you, you have a break, because we got to read some ads. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or 
check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't try distracted Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation, compatible device and vehicle required. I did notice the there were some I wrote bowler hat hotties at the first party. Okay. Cuz there were some women, some of the sexy ladies and they were all in bowler hats, which I guess was like hat. Oh, the dancers? Yes. That's the point at which I was like I would look good in this film. <laughs> um, cuz I I just really, really look good in hats. <laughs> you do look good in a hat. I know, thank you. It's that thing of looking like I'm from the past. I I have to say, I was confused at which list was going to be the titular one for much of the film, because if there's one thing that the Nazis loved, it was making lists. Oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many lists. I mean, the Holocaust was all lists. Truly, that's like the dark, scary thing no, about yeah. this film. It was, it's all it was so incredibly well organized. organized. Yeah. But as a result, I was like, is this the list? Are you the? Are you my list? You know. He also had several lists. So many lists are involved. At the very end, mm-hmm. you know, at the very end when he's he's actually paying for each of these workers, yes. and I think that was the list. No, yes, it took two and a half hours to get to the titular list, and I was like, oh wait, this is Schindler's list. Schindler mm-hmm. had like two other lists before this. Like we <laughs> had to watch him type them. <laughs> It'd be like if like if there was a movie called like The Horse and then there were like 80 horses in it and you'd be like, which yeah. is the horse? Yeah, which, which one? horse is the horse? Um, I also will say again, like I don't think it's bad if there's anything that anybody doesn't understand when watching any movie. So <laughs> I was that's I was here. confused during this film as well. So even though I um, read all of the historical context, I still was perplexed sometimes. I here's one thing I really did not understand, and I hope you do. Mm-hmm. And if not, we'll cut it. Do <laughs> um, <laughs> you remember the guy in the church who gives him the shirts? Yeah. They kept talking about shoe polish. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that guy at all. Who was that guy? Why did he, how did he know to come into the church and be like, you know about shoe polish? You got shirts? I, you know, I, I actually kind of forget what happened. <laughs> but I remember being really confused and it kept coming up for like the first 40 minutes and I didn't right. know who this guy was. Right. Well, I think they were trading goods illegally, sort of a black market okay. trade occurrence is what you saw happening at the church, which is why he like he's Jewish, but he takes off his Star of David armband that they were forced to wear okay. before he goes into the church. So he's pretending to be Christian so that they can do this dealing during mass. Okay. And Liam Neeson, he's a businessman. He's got his ear to the ground. He knows about these underground dealings. Oh. And I guess he knew that he would want to have... um Jewish people who were on the black market, like on his side or in his factory for his future dealings. Cause then remember when he had to make the big elaborate fruit basket, yes. he got them to smuggle in goods. That answers so much for me. Okay. Oh, See, they're, they're kind of, no, those wow. are the little things. Cause, <laughs> because here's how I'm stupid about watching movies is that I'm watching this and I'm like, how did he know from looking at this man that he would have shirts? <laughs> but really what was happening was that we learned from this that Schindler is a businessman who has his ear to the ground and <laughs> learned from this, that this character 
is a Jewish man who is involved with the black market. I got none mm-hmm. of that from that. I was like, wow. what? What is it about him that gives off, I know how to get a shirt? <laughs> All right, great. Okay. It'd be very funny to have you, like if Spielberg had sent you this script and was like, could you just give me your notes on it? <laughs> you miss the point of every scene. You're like, wait, why is, why is she in a red jacket? Like it's filming black and white. <laughs> I don't understand. You know what? I was really confused about a lot of this movie. <laughs> but it didn't even feel like a... It wasn't a deterrent for my um, appreciation of it, which is mm, interesting. That is powerful, because you usually are confused and don't enjoy as a result, or don't like. Yeah, I'll be confused and then angry. This yeah. one, I, I felt I trusted it the whole time. Mm. I trusted that I was going to get there, and I really felt the horror. I felt a lot. Yes. I didn't think a lot. I did not understand a lot, but I felt a lot and I (laughs) could appreciate that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. I'm really, I really didn't get any of that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The girl in the red jacket. So a brutal massacre at, is it, it's a specific place. Yeah. This is the liquidation of the Krakow ghetto in 1943 is when this is happening. So the, the Jews are being forced to leave and also just like, arbitrarily shot on the way out. Um, and this is when they were then transferred to Plazau, the uh, then labor camp, later concentration oh, camp. This is where the movie gets truly brutal. And uh, mm-hmm. this is where you're not holding hands with your date. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you are and, clutching uh, a stuffed seal for dear life at this point. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Voldemort. Okay. <laughs> this is... I mean, award for the worst villain in history. Who wrote this? Good job, screenwriter. Holy crap. (laughs) Damn. Fuck, dude. What is there to say? I literally didn't even write down notes about him. It was so horrific to watch all of his behavior. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. So, Voldemort, Ralph Fiennes, Rafe Fiennes. Rafe, yeah. Rafe? Rafe Fiennes plays... A.K.A. Tom Marvolo Riddle, Lord Voldemort. Mm -hmm. Plays just... Okay, his name is like Goeth. Eamon Goth, I think it's pronounced, Goth? but I don't know. He is just the worst, most heartless, ruthless, despicable, yeah. despicable violent, just killing people for sport mm-hmm. villain mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. It is so scary. Mm-hmm. It is so blood chilling. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What's there to say? What's an example or anything? Um, oh, do we have to? Um, yeah. He just straight up kills this woman who is trying to help as they're building a building. She comes mm-hmm. up and she's like, I'm an engineer and this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And he kills her for saying that uh, it's not going to work. Well, we have to also specify he has her shot and then he says, okay, do what she said. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's the kind of thing. It is really, really, really awful. Mm-hmm. I wrote about that character that I am pretty confident that this is the only female engineer that's going to be in any of the movies on this AFI list. Honestly, yeah. This is the first and probably the last woman in STEM that we will see. She is immediately killed and not listened to by a man. Killed. Because of her race and religion. Oh, I have to Uh, say... Oh, please. Go ahead. Just Schindler is on a horse for a minute. That's all. Go on. Yeah, there were were some surprise horses in this film. So the, the track record continues. That's something to look out for as you're trying to get through this film. Do you think maybe they assembled this list, not by like the greatest American films of all time, but just like films that involved horses? Of all time? Yeah. Yeah. I do. The 100 films that involved horses of all time. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that. (laughs) I strongly believe that. Um, (laughs) Yes. The the maid slash concubine that... Miss Honey. Miss... Miss Honey from Matilda. Yes. What? (gasps) Oh. Oh my God, that is who she was. Mm-hmm. Miss Honey from Matilda. Uh-huh. Go on. No, I don't think. I do. uh, mm-hmm. What about her? No. <laughs> yeah, Voldemort has a maid who is played by Miss Honey from Matilda. Did you know that the whole time? Yeah, for sure. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Um, my head just got really hot. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I, I mean, actors are in other things. No. <laughs> just what a contrast. I mean, that's... Yeah. Because Matilda's like a childhood, Dark. oh, a fun little girl doing magic, women in STEM. But 
Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Stark. I don't even want to say the thing I was going to say. Oh, I will. Yeah, you have to. The scene where Schindler's talking to her in the basement and she's crying because her life is awful. Um, mm-hmm. And Schindler's... <laughs> there's a moment where he like gives her a tissue and is like, hey. And I was like, he really is sort of doing that. Um, no, don't cry. You're so sexy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, he comforts her and that's like, oh, okay. But then he's like, you're not going to die because he's too attracted to you. Right, right, right. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. And when he kisses her on the head, he's like, don't worry. It's not that kind of kiss. Ugh. And she's like, thank you so much for not kissing me full on the mouth. The bar is so low. Yeah. Thanks for not assaulting me. And then we're all like, Schindler's a good guy. Exactly. <laughs> Even though he assaults so many other women. Yeah. I felt that same thing when he and Eamon, who's super, super drunk in the scene on his balcony, Schindler says, power is when we have every justification to kill and we don't. And I was like, once again, the bar for men is so low. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying like, oh, I'm really powerful and like, cool, because I didn't kill anyone. Yeah. Oh, damn. That part where Voldemort tries to show mercy for like one awful, day awful, and he can't do it. Awful. God, I'm. this is a good movie, man. This movie, oh, it is awful. And it is like, oh, oh, it really makes you feel things. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel things. There's also a big um, sort of diversity of of scenes, which is important for me to actually in like take a film in. If every scene looks a little different, that is really helpful for me. And that is true for this full three hours, which is impressive. That's true. And even some scenes were intercut with each other. <laughs> Editing term, boys. Uh, some scenes were intercut. <laughs> some scenes were spliced together, um, boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to say some scenes were spliced, edited, whatever, together, where it's showing like Schindler at a party and also like oh, Jewish yeah. people in a concentration camp. So they do a very, very good job of... Also, one thing that happened was Schindler t- puts on a record at one point, and I think it plays a Billie Holiday song. And I was hmm. like, what a moment of contextualizing the war oh, that we yeah. are doing. Because when you think about the Holocaust, I feel like it's very easy to think about it as it's like sort of an so isolated far in, far in the past and also like in its own bubble like it's hard to remember yeah. that the whole world also existed at the same time totally mm-hmm. it just feels so far removed from reality definitely and so yeah. that was i don't know really how purposeful that was but i thought it was a really effective way to be like oh and remember like billy holiday was a singer at this time yeah. or, or had been very popular you know that's really true yeah Ugh. And how did he make so many fruit baskets then? Because my understanding, my understanding is that Schindler is powerful exclusively by giving people fruit baskets. Well, this really reminded me of you because you keep threatening to send people in our professional (laughs) careers fruit baskets. (laughs) I do. I do. I'm like, that person would be a good connection for our podcast. Let's send them a fruit basket. And I'm like, Santa, they haven't even replied to our email. Like, This is too much. Once we get their address, I'm putting together a fruit basket. (laughs) What's a fruit like native to Seattle? What are you going to fill these baskets with? Apple. The Cosmic Crisp, if you will. You can sponsor us, Cosmic Crisp. Is that a brand? It was crafted at Washington State University. It was crafted? They crafted an apple? They craft apples, yeah. They craft everything. Did you know that I heard on a podcast from someone on the podcast who'd maybe like read an article that none of the apples we eat are from this year or they're all like 14 months old <laughs> what the hey i don't know enough i'm i regret bringing it up <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i'm out of information and i'm panicked <laughs> i gotta say i did um with about 45 minutes left in the film order cake to be delivered to my home mm-hmm. because i really was like there is no bouncing back from this with my day like i it is maybe 4 p.m and my day cannot get better because of this film so I will just have some cake nearby. Did you eat the cake during the film? No, because I was so nauseous. I couldn't. I actually okay. don't think I ate the cake. No, I ate it very quickly after finishing the film while watching like a British comedy panel show just to try to get some sort of like light into no, my yeah, life. No, yeah, yeah. That's really, really smart. I, I did not see Schindler as being just a really, really good person. Mm-mm. So much as a person who loved money more than he hated anyone just because they were Jewish, you know, or he didn't have a strong hatred for Jews as much as he had a real love for business. (laughs) Oh, also this movie 
depicts like the bad business of war and mass yeah. genocide, you know? It was, it was actually, it was an interesting way of posing it where there were just a few times where it was like, why would you kill your workforce though? Like, who yeah. is this benefiting? Right. It's going to hurt you and the economy. And I, that, that line really stuck with me when I think it was Voldemort who was like, oh, wow, what a nice shirt. What a nice shirt you have on. And Schindler's like, oh, thanks. The guy who made it is probably dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just some really, really powerful ending. Holy shit, that's how you end a film. Like <laughs> This was so good. Because With- if you haven't seen it, what happens is everybody, like the camp gets liberated and Sir Ben says generations because of what you did, which is like, holy shit. And then like the credits are about to roll or they are rolling or something, but you see, okay, you see the actors who played the characters, but you also see the actual like people from history who were in the factory or are descendants of the quote unquote Schindler Jews. And it's like a whole bunch of people and it says the Schindler juice today. And it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, like when a film is about a historical event and then just puts it like into your world in such an effective way, I was really yeah. uh, very pleased. I had so many goosebumps. And it pulled a uh, wizard of Oz. It went from black and white to color. Yes. Which it does at the beginning. It goes from color to black and white and then black and white back to color at the end. What? At the very beginning, they, when they first light the candle, it starts in color and then goes to black and white. Okay. Well, I guess that's not as exciting then. Okay. I thought I still don't know it was good. <laughs> oh, okay. It was exciting. <laughs> sort of a Wizard of Oz sandwich. <laughs> uh, now would be a good time to order yourself some cake, as I did during this. We'll be right back. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Are you ready to to head towards some badges and some trages for this film? I am. I've actually got a lot of badges. And not just because it was a long film. Get get going. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kick it off. Take it away. Wow. Let's go. All right. All right. Oh, wow. This, you, honestly, in that moment where you were like pressuring me to talk about Miss Honey, I was, that was a side of you I've not seen before. 
just like <laughs> could see that I was struggling and was just like kicking me while I was down. <laughs> yeah, I get, I, yeah, get over it. <laughs> it's like how you said that you're like mean when you become like when you have to do public speaking, you yeah. get really mean. <laughs> yeah, that is what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm like. <laughs> All right, there's a plan here. Come on. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I will give a badge for the year and the month and the historical context given immediately at the top of a film. I was very grateful. I will give a badge for one single tear from Sir Benjamin as he accepts a drink. Do you remember this? He was like, I think I'll have that drink now or better now than oh later because he that was, believes oh. he's going to get deported. And oh, that was moving. Oh, that was acting. That was acting. That is why he is a knighted man. I got to give a badge for dramatic lighting because... I mean, this is a cheekbone heavy podcast and we support dramatic lighting mm -hmm. here at Toss Popcorn. Mm -hmm. um, a little badge for Liam checking his privilege during that speech to the factory workers that was like, hey, <clears throat> I'm a member of the Nazi party. Like, I'm a tall, white German man. Like, my life's great. <laughs> and like, was it the time or the place? Probably not. But he did it. And that is, it's probably a special kind of way, guy. <laughs> is that what it's called? Um, I got to give a badge for the acting in that final scene where Oscar and Itzhak are, are crying and he's like, I could have saved more people, which did not happen in real life, I don't think. But um, that was very good acting. I got a badge for America did not make an appearance really at all in this film. And I was like, that's actually okay. quite impressive for World War II. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because all that we are taught in school is like, ah, you know, some shit happened. Then we came in and fucking saved the day, bitch. Yo, yo, back to back World War champs, bro. And so I loved that that was not a feature at all. And the camp at the end gets liberated by Soviets, not Americans. Okay. Yeah. My badges are actually pretty general. Um, Mostly, I'm just kind of saying, like, good. Like, very good movie. I, I <laughs> thought it was just very well, I guess, directed. This was art. This was humans making art, <laughs> you know. I don't know where they shot this, how they made it. It's a huge production. Uh, <laughs> okay, what are your badges? This is it. Oh, this is one. <laughs> oh, wow, they really were general. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, they are. They are. I, they, they're not um, as many cute little fun ones in this one because I think I was taking it in as a piece of art itself probably because I was afraid to be making little jokes but um and best villain award I mean really just like a just shit head of a villain yeah yeah then tragedies mm, please please kick it off <laughs> my tragedies are kind of more like be aware when going mm. in because I don't want to say like this was this was bad I again I think it was a an effective film but yes on-screen reading does occur Mm. There are a lot of boobs in this film, bro. Like, there were a lot of them. Yep. A lot, a lot of them. Here's the thing, listener. This is actually a very good example of how we can distinguish between, like, boobs that further yeah. a plot line versus boobs yeah. that are unnecessary and were put in there because a man was in charge. And you see it in this film where the women who are sexualized and used as sex objects, the boobs are out and they do not need to be. There are ways mm -hmm. of communicating that without having to show so much of these women. We know. We get. You had sex. Yeah. And I would say that an effective use of nudity in the film is when the Jewish prisoners are forced to like run naked during the exercise exam mm -hmm. because that is like it shows the sort of horrific and debasing nature of the treatment in these camps and is like historically accurate. Does that make sense? Totally. Very well put. This this film shows both versions. Well, I will give a trage for this is the scene at church in mass when they are dealing items. I will give a trage for people talking during a presentation who I know are going to get shushed because <laughs> I was like the pastor, the priest, the minister, whoever was giving the, the presentation at church, of course, was going to hear them and was going to be like, guys, can you keep it down? And I that gives me so much anxiety from my school days. And I was upset legitimately multiple times most of my tragedies are Spielberg can really fuck off with all the unnecessary boobs in this film yeah. and I also would say I have to give a trage for this film is so hard to watch and you get to the end and they say the Germans have agreed to unconditional surrender and you're like oh my god the war is over like the suffering can stop like the violence can stop it has to stop the crimes against humanity have to be over and you think you're sort of in the clear and out of the woods. And then there's teeth getting pulled. And I oh. was so, I was like, come on. 
<laughs> we were almost out of here. And then the way to get, they give him a gift is by prying some gold teeth out of oh, a man's mouth. And it's, I get it. Like you pull these gold teeth out and they melt them down to make Schindler a ring as a thank you for all the, the work that he had done to save so many Jewish people. But oh, <laughs> he's happy. He doesn't even cry. He's Ugh. smiling. I was upset. I was crying. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my final track. Wow. Well, we are going to help you out here with a segment called How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for people who know that they can't stomach a lot of like visual horrors, um, want to be aware of the things that occurred, but just know that this is not like the avenue for you to learn about this subject matter. So here are some sentences that you can say if you're in a cinematic conversation and they're bringing up Schindler's List. I would say you could say, I mean, talk about effective storytelling. The scene with the piano during the pogrom, true juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, what's up with a young boy being in charge of who gets to go in what line? The little Nazi boy. <laughs> yeah. I'd say introducing the concept of Auschwitz at our two and a half of a Holocaust film is... A very fucking brutal reminder of how long the war was and how uh, draining on humanity. Schindler may have been a good person, but he really wasn't very good at business. Or being a husband. Oh, yeah. No, he wasn't a good person. He may have been (laughs) not the worst Nazi, but he was the worst husband and business owner. Mm -hmm. I think that could be sort of a uh, sub- um, or like a log line for Schindler's List. Oscar yeah. Schindler, not the worst Nazi. Let's move on to should you watch this or. This is the time where we tell you if it's worth watching this movie or if instead you should do anything else. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote this out while I was watching this film because I do oh. think there's a way to experience this without watching this because I can never watch this movie again. I can't do it. I think that's valuable. Go for it. I would say... Instead of watching this film, you should read the history of this guy, Oscar Schindler. The United States Holocaust Memorial Museum has plenty of information on their website about him, about Krakow, about the entire timeline of World War II and the Holocaust specifically. So you should read a lot of that. And then you should play some nice music and you should go lie down in a field. (laughs) Um, I, for the exact opposite reason... Or the same reason. Uh, I think you should watch this film because I don't want to do reading. (laughs) And this was actually an effective way to get my gears turning again about history. And I wanted to research stuff afterwards. So, Mm -hmm. And I I did enjoy, I appreciated the viewing of this one time. And then I would just say, in order to cope with this afterward, I think it's a really good idea that Liana had to order something so that you have something for afterward. You're not going to want to eat it during or enjoy it during, but afterward as you're decompressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to build out. You, I mean, if you're going to watch this film, you really do need to not have plans for the rest of the day because you, you, exactly that. You need time to decompress from it. I think maybe watch it at like 5 PM, not so late that Mm. It's like you're going to go to bed at like midnight and have to like sit in your bed and be like, oh, but Mm -hmm. um, you have some time afterward to decompress, like go for a walk, eat a nice treat. Yeah. Have a smile at something else. Have a smile. And go to bed. Sienna, what would you uh, rate Schindler's List? Um, I have two ratings for this one because Mm, I I do as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Well, I gave it uh, a five out of five for deserving to be on this list. Oh, I didn't put it out of anything because this one is just a different rating system. Mm -hmm. So I'll say that Um, in terms of, you know, just the regular rating of like, do I want to watch this on like a Friday night Mm. movie? Mm -hmm. I give this a 2.8 out of five gold teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all very fair. Mine are unbelievably similar. I would give it five historical contexts out of five for (laughs) the actual historical story. I was really glad to have learned about it. And it really is an incredible tale worth telling. Wow. I would give it two, two pots out of five mm, mm-hmm. um, for a film experience. Because yes, I think it did a very effective job of communicating the horrors of the Holocaust. I also think if you make a film that is completely unwatchable, what is the point? Like, I'm, if I can't watch it, have I watched your film? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. All right. So there you go. That's a way to appreciate this film. It was a rough one uh, to watch, as we know, and probably a rough one to listen to us talk about. I hope that uh, this was pretty good for you guys. <laughs> yeah. We really appreciate you listening to Tossed Popcorn. We've got a Twitter at Tossed Popcorn. We've got an Instagram at the same handle. Feel free to engage with our content, TM. Next week, we're going to be watching Vertigo. Vertigo. So get dizzy. <laughs> Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Kohler at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.